Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. church. It's, it's wonderful to be with you. Um, last time I was here, there, were, there was a few things that happened after that. Pandemic. How many have survived the pandemic? Amen. It's all good. Amen. You know, uh, I, I'm convinced that God is not limited by our circumstances. When we, uh, we were actually in Florida when they shut us down, and um, we had to fly, fly back home from Florida, and then basically I travel for a living. This is how I earn my living, and so we lost 80% our, of our ability to travel. And so, you know, my wife and I have uh, served the Lord for many years, 35, 36 years, and we have been faithful givers in our church. We always tithe. We've never missed a tithe, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, we've just been consistent. We understand kingdom principles. Come on, how many know understand kingdom principles? And so I said to my wife, I said, look, we're going to find somebody to give to because there's people in bigger need than we are. And um, I have what I call golf money. It's my money that I save. I have a little bit of mad money that my wife gives me that I can go mad with. And, um, and she has hers. Now, she has the gift of spending I have the gift of saving. And so uh, I was saving all my golf money, and because I travel, I don't golf as much anymore. So I had some money saved, and I found a single mom in our church, and she had just posted this great testimony how God got her out of debt, and I said, well, let's just give her a bump. And uh, we gave her some money, and, and uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a few rounds of golf, let's just say that. And, uh, and uh, I was so blessed. You know, we're so blessed to give. You know, it's better to give than to receive. Amen. And so uh, that was like 8 o'clock at night. And this is like literally nobody was, didn't know what was going on. All my schedule. See, I'm, I'm booked usually a year and a half in advance. So my whole schedule was booked that whole year and into, into 2021, actually. And all of a sudden, everything started canceling. You know, I'd say to my wife, well, maybe next month we'll get to travel. Cancel. Next month, cancel. And so what do you do in, in those moments? So... Uh, this was about 8 o'clock at night, sent it to her, said, hey, give me your email, I'll send you an e-transfer. We transferred the money to her. Uh, by midnight, I got a phone call, and I was in bed, and the guy said, are you up? I said, I am now. And uh, he said, hey, we've been praying for you, our church has been praying for you, uh, we've talked about partnering with your ministry, and I uh, just want you to know, we agreed that we're going to partner with your ministry for the next two years. And uh, we're going to send you X amount of dollars every month. Uh, for the next two years. And by the way, we're going to send the first installment three months. We're going to give you three months at a time, and we're going to send you three months of installment tomorrow. And that was an amazing miracle. So I said to my wife, I like this. Let's find somebody else to give. Because <laughs> you never give to get, but there was a principle, right? The principle of the kingdom. And so 
Uh, we found another guy in our church, single guy, who only works two days a week. He's got some uh, developmental issues, so he only can work a couple days a week. And I, every time I see him at church, I always love him and, and hug on him. So this was in the height. You know, you couldn't hug anybody. I'm a hugger. Was that hard for anybody? Like, I was a hugger, man. I wanted to hug people, right? And so, um, you know, I drive over to his house, take him a chocolate bar, give him, uh, it was actually a couple hundred dollars, $250, and, and I was so blessed. I, he gave me a hug, you know, it's like, don't worry about COVID, we're, we're under the blood, Jesus is good, you know, and so, you know, hug each other, and I was sitting in my car, I was so blessed to give, and I was just weeping, I was saying, God, it's so good to give, you're so faithful, Lord, you're so faithful. I go to bed. The next morning I get up, I turn on my phone, and there's a text waiting for me. A businessman in another country said, hey, this morning God put you on my heart, and I'm sending you 10,000 U.S., which in Canada is like a million and a half dollars. It was, <laughs> it's amazing, right? You know, God is not limited, and we've experienced that all through this pandemic season when we couldn't travel. We started traveling in mid-August, and we're able to get into Taiwan, and we've been to Taiwan a couple of times, and uh, I just got, actually just got back from Kazakhstan, and I'll tell you that story at the end of the message. It's a crazy story of how God, when God speaks. You know, when God speaks, he orchestrates events. Are you aware of that? Like, God wants to speak into our hearts on a daily basis that our day would be shifted by his spirit in unique and unusual ways. And I don't know about you, but I, I've, I've leaned into that in this season of my life, and I've watched God do miracles. In fact, I'll tell you one more before we get started. There is a message this morning, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that even my stories will stir your faith, because how many know we need faith in this day and age? The enemy is trying to destroy our faith. He's trying to destroy our belief in a great God, a God who is good, even when evil seems to be uh, you know, pursued and, and uh, amplified. You know, the Bible says, Asaph said this in, in uh, Psalm 73. He said, when I, I looked at the wicked and how they prospered and how things were, seemed to be advancing, and then he said, even my heart grew bitter because I was like, I'm doing the right things. But it doesn't seem like nothing's happening in the kingdom. It doesn't seem like God is, is hearing our voice. And then he said, and then I went into the sanctuary and I sought your face and I got a better perspective. And so sometimes we need to take our eyes off the natural and get a spiritual perspective of what God is doing in the earth. I want you to know God is moving in the earth. Amen, Gary. Come on. Come on. That's a good place to say amen. Listen, God's moving in Stratford, Ontario. Can you believe that? Yeah. Amen. Come on, He is. God is always moving. Come on, He is. You know, uh, in 2019, I had a heart attack. In, in September 2019, I had a heart attack in Taiwan. I wouldn't recommend that. But I had a heart attack, and it was a miracle. God, the guy I just finished ministering to was an emergency room doctor. He came back in the room. He got me to the hospital in the right, within five minutes, the best hospital, the, the attending physician. These two guys went to school. One guy spoke. They both spoke fluent English. I mean, they got me into, into uh, a room, and, you know, God, I had three arteries were blocked. One was 99%, and that was the one they operated on. But two more needed to be operated on, but they said, well, you're, because you're not Taiwanese, we're not going to do that. You go home to your cardiologist. I don't have a cardiologist. Now I do have a cardiologist. So 
you know, they're just kind of monitoring, monitoring kind of my life. And, you know, I'm on medications, you know, they say for the rest of my life. And so uh, 2021, April 21, I was in Taiwan again. And I started experiencing the same symptoms that I experienced when I had my heart attack. And I, I went to the doctor who did my first heart uh, operation, and he was able to get me in. And uh, he said uh, they had a COVID outbreak. Their COVID outbreak was 500 cases, and they shut down the whole country. And so uh, he said, we can't operate. And I said, well, I've only got so much time to stay in the country. And if I go back home, they're not going to operate on me because they're not operating on anybody right now. And so I said, you know, please. And he said, well, give me a few minutes. And he called three locations, and he said, okay, take this paper down to emergency, get a PCR test done. If it's negative, which it will be, um, you'll, we'll book you on Wednesday. We'll do the operation on Thursday, and we'll get you home on Friday. And so I literally did that. I went in a thir- Wednesday. I sat Thursday, had an operation, and then Friday was home. And then we flew home. Actually, we flew to Florida for three and a half months. And so, you know, God is a miracle-working God in the midst of whatever circumstance you're facing. Amen? Hey, if you have your Bibles, would you turn, or your phones, because most of us have our phones. Uh, how many old school people have their Bibles? So, come on, hold your Bible up. Just look around at those who don't and say, why aren't you bringing your Bible? No, just kidding. <laughs> don't do that. No, don't do that. But I'm an old school guy. I like carrying my Bible. This Bible was left on a runway in, in uh, Pittsburgh and got damaged because they, didn't let, they just let the water just go on my bag, and my Bible was in there but I still carry it. It's a trusty sword. All right. Um, If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. Tonight, if you come back, I would encourage you to come back. Uh, I'm going to do two things tonight. I'm going to preach a little bit more from Romans 12. We're going to talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit and how God wants to empower you and enable you and work in your life. And then I'm going to release gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to prophesy. Uh, to as many people as we can, um, and just bless you with the word of the Lord. My, my uh, part of my ministry is not only to equip the saints, that's a big part of my ministry. We have a seminar called Hearing God, and we've trained over 10,000 people all over the world with this seminar. But the other part of my ministry is that I believe that God wants to raise up people in the earth who will have a prophetic ear to hear what God is saying and begin to speak life over people. That's what I believe. And I'm not talking just hearing the book of Revelation kind of stuff, okay? I'm talking about having a word in season, the Bible says, to those who are weary so that you can speak life over them and build them up. Everybody needs to be built up. Come on, everybody needs to be encouraged. Come on, everybody needs some form of comfort. And what would be an amazing thing, I believe, in this day is for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to rise up because there's so much hopelessness. There's so much pain. There's so much anguish and anxiety in the earth right now. I see it all over the earth. I've already been to three countries already this year, and I've got another four to go to. I'm going to Vietnam. I was just in Kazakhstan. Like, it's still a former Russian country. It it was an amazing uh, time, but, you know, there's a lot of hurting people. And so the church needs to rise up, have a word in their spirit that they can prophesy into somebody's heart. Come on, can I hear an amen to that? And so tonight, we'll talk a little bit, a, little bit, a little bit about that, and then we'll release some of that, and then we'll prophesy to some. So that's, if you really want a prophecy, that's good for you to come. All right, Romans 12, verse 2, are you there? 
Is it on the screen? No, it's not on the screen. Oh, I'm on the screen. The verse might look better. Anyway, it's okay. Romans 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you. Would you say beseech? This is the old King James. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Another version says reasonable worship. So what we did this morning could have been reasonable worship. It's where you reason in your heart, the best thing for me to do is to worship God this morning. The best thing in, 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 in disregarding my circumstances is to worship the Lord. I may be going through the worst thing in my life, but the reasonable thing is for me to worship the Lord. It's to, it's to exalt Him. It's to offer Him something because He's the one that has the solutions to my situations. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Okay, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Would you say transformed? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God always has a better plan than anything you and I could do. He always has a better plan. God desires that you and I walk in that and fulfill his will in the earth. Everyone has a purpose for being here. Come on. You have a purpose. It's not just so you can show up and sit beside that pretty girl this morning. Your purpose is bigger than that. Your purpose is bigger than just going to work. Your purpose is just is bigger than you could ever imagine. And God wants us to fulfill that. He regularly, the Bible says, calls us to a higher way of thinking and a higher way of living. In Isaiah, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. How many are glad God's thoughts are not your thoughts? He says, my ways are not, uh, are not your ways. And he says, my thoughts are higher. Right? God's thoughts are higher. Now, it doesn't say that God's thoughts are inaccessible. It just means that you and I have to think in a higher level. You and I have to renew our minds in such a way that we access God's thoughts. I believe we can think like God. I believe we can act like God. I believe we can speak like God. I believe we can love like God. I believe God wants to flow in us and through us in such a way that when people look at us, they don't see you, they see Jesus. Come on. That's the call that God wants to fulfill in our life. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that we demonstrate His nature and reflect His goodness. The Bible says it's His goodness that leads people to repentance. Amen? So as we release the goodness of God into people, the only response they have is to repent, is to change their thinking. He said, wow, I had this certain idea of what a Christian was. But every time I get around you, my thinking changes. That's what repentance means. It means to turn my thinking. I, I, I see you differently than I've seen every other Christian before. Man, this church is different than any other church I've been to. What am I doing? I'm releasing the goodness of God in such a way that all of a sudden people are changing their thinking. Now, ultimately, yes, they have to repent and give their heart to Christ and, and turn from their sins. But if I can help the process, isn't that an awesome opportunity? 
Every one of us should be able to do that. Now, Paul says this. He says, I beseech you. Say that again with me. Beseech. Now, it's not a common word that you and I would use. Like, you don't go, I beseech you, my love. Come get me a cup of tea. That just would, that might work, but it's not going to work in my house, okay? But the idea of beseech means, it means to call to one side. In other words, Paul is saying something. He's saying to the Romans, listen, I, I want you to come to my side here. I have something important to tell you. And so as we read this scripture, remember that there's this sense of importance, that there's something significant that Paul wants to put into the heart of the Roman people something that will shift their heart, change their heart, be so impacting that it will actually flow out of the rest of their life. I beseech you. It's actually a prophetic call. It's a call to exhort, to uh, put into somebody's mind a certain thought and a certain principle. The word exhortation actually has this idea to come beside and to kind of intensely put into their heart. It's not, it's not uh, like, uh, like the, there's two words for this word, exhort and comfort, right? They're very similar in the Greek. The word uh, comfort means to come beside and with kindness and affection say, hey, listen, I really believe you can do it. Come here, come here, brother. You, you, you don't have anything on your laps. Come here, come here. Just, just stand here for a second. Stand here for a second. What's your name? Ben. Ben. So I just want to say this, okay? So there's two words, exhort and comfort. Now, what Paul's saying here, this word beseech is of the word exhortation, okay? So exhortation, Ben, yeah. it's, it's, it's like me to come beside Ben and say, hey, Ben, listen, I believe you can do this, and I think it's important that you hear this because you are a mighty man of God. Now, I'm, I'm pretty intense there, right? <laughs> Just a little. Now, the word comfort is this. Hey, Ben, listen, I really believe you can do it, man. Listen, you're a mighty man of God, and I believe in you. Do you notice the tone? That's the difference I want you to see this morning is when Paul's saying, I beseech you, he's actually taking the more intense tone. Okay? It's not like, hey, I really love you. Let's, <laughs> that's not the tone here. It's, listen up. Ben, listen, there's more in your life. I want, I want you to know that God wants to pull more out of your life, Ben. That's the tone. Okay, thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. Let's give Ben a hand. So when Paul says, I beseech you, he's trying to get your attention. He's saying, come alongside and listen up. Amen? So that's what he's saying, all right? Now, let me read you the message version. I love how the message says this. Let me read it. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. How many know we need God's help? Right? He says, this is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. How many sleepers we got here? I love my sleep. My wife loves her sleep. Come on. Everybody love their sleep? Sure. Okay. What he says, look, you're sleeping. In other words, maybe when you're about to go to sleep, you say, Holy Spirit, inhabit my dreams today. Lord, come over and bring peace over my mind. And Lord, if you need to speak to me in my dreams, you just speak to me in my dreams. Lord, if you need to speak to me about anything, Lord, I give you freedom to speak. That's what he's saying. Take your sleeping, your eating, right? That means like when I'm eating, Holy Spirit, is there something, you know, that I need you to speak into my heart about my life and what you're doing in my heart? And he says, you're going to work. Anybody go to work? Or are you just working from home still in your pajamas? 
Hallelujah. Amen. Right? Like, like you're going to work. He's saying, take, you're going to work, right? And you're walking around life. That's going to Winners, Tim Hortons, going out for a, a walk in the park, you know, hanging out with your neighbors. You're walking around, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. I'm going to want to do the best thing for God. Well, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for God. And then he says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the insight, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Listen, this isn't in my notes, but I want to say this to you. Whatever circumstance you are faced with, whatever pressure you're under, whatever crises you're going through, the purpose of the pressure is to bring you to maturity. It's not to beat you up. The purpose of COVID is not to conform to the rest of the world. It's to bring you into a maturity in your walk and your dependence on God. Come on. I just want to say this, because I, I travel a lot. I've been in uh, probably 50, 60 churches in the last couple of years. And uh, just the truth is, is there's been a whole lot of immaturity going around. And so that's not here. I, not this church, the rest of the churches. <laughs> okay? But God is wanting, listen, the world wants us to act immature. The world wants us to just buy into all, all, all that it wants us to buy into. And God is looking for people who will say, I'm not going to let that determine my level of maturity. I'm going to be the mature one. Isn't that a great scripture? Now, here, I'm going to give you three things this morning. Number one is Paul says this. He says, place everything you do before God. Everything you do before God. You know, when in the initial verse it talked about your reasonable service, your reasonable worship. This morning we came and we symbolically, in our heart, we set our hearts to worship the Lord. And yes, that's great at 11 o'clock or 10.30 in the morning, we come to worship the Lord. But Paul's saying every day, every moment, everything in your life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're drinking, you're walking around life, you're going to work life, place it before God. Say, God, here's my day. Here's my life. Here's my food. Here's my conversation. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my situation. Here's my crisis. Here's my marriage. Lord, I Give it to you. I lay it before you. You know, the Christian life, as long as I've served the Lord, I've served the Lord now for 42 years. And what I have found in those 42 years, it always requires an all-in. Am I the only one? It's an all-in, right? Like, God wants all of you. He, he doesn't want part of you. He always, and He is relentless of calling more out of you that you ever thought you could have in you. God's calling it out. And he's calling you to surrender. And so church, 
The Christian life is always being about being all in. Letting God touch every area of our life. Letting him change us into his image. Being spiritual is not a lesson. It's not singing a song. It's not, you know, being up on the stage. It's not uh, being a cameraman, although they're pretty spiritual guys. Okay. But it actually is a vibrant relationship with Jesus, isn't it not? It's having a relationship with Jesus where everything, he's calling us, touching us, and changing us. Here's my question. What's yours and what's God's? What's yours and what is God's? I can remember in 2015, I just gotten back from Cambodia. It was the first time I'd gone to Asia. My church, uh, since 1996, we had supported missionaries in Cambodia, but I had never gone. And, um, and so I raised some money, and I ended up going to Cambodia for two weeks. And at the end of that, that was like mid-December, I came back. It was December uh, 31st, New Year's Eve. We're in church and um, having a New Year's Eve service. Does anybody remember New Year's Eve services? <laughs> I, I mean, so we, it's been so long. And um, <coughs> we had this service, and I was in the service. And I remember my pastor is preaching on vision because that's what pastors do on New Year's Eve. They preach about vision. And so he was preaching this message on vision, and he asked this question. In the midst of the message, he said, what are you saying yes to? And at that moment, the Holy Spirit stopped me. I didn't hear another thing he said. The Holy Spirit said, what are you saying yes to? And I said, well, whatever you ask me to. <laughs> and he said, will you say yes to wherever I send you? I said, whoa, hang on a minute. Now, you have to understand the context of this. I was born in England, and my mother, God, you know, she's a great lady, still living today. She's back in England. Um, my mother was not, let's say, well, she was a cook. I wouldn't say she was a great cook. And, and her ability to cook was use two spices, salt and pepper. <laughs> and sometimes never pepper. It was just salt, right? Meat and potatoes. So as a young man and into my 40s, I was a meat, potatoes, and chicken kind of guy. You're not getting me into spicy food. You're not getting me into weird food. Meat, potatoes, and chicken. That was my meal. Oh, and maybe some salad to feel healthy. <laughs> that was it. That was my... So when God said to me, will you go wherever I send you, that was a huge challenge for me. Because I'd just come back from Cambodia and eaten some things that I said I will never eat again. I mean, I ate this stuff. I don't even know what it is. But when I put it in my mouth, I felt like I put a sack of cow dung in my mouth. <laughs> Just to be really honest. And I didn't know what to do with it. Have you ever had that moment where you put something in your mouth and you're like, oh, my Lord, I can't swallow it because if I swallow it, it's coming up? I didn't know what to do with it, honestly. And, and so, you know... A lot of hot water and pop, and I finally got it down. And I, one of the guys I travel with, he travels all over the world. I said, did you like that? He goes, it was okay. I don't know what it was, but praise God, hallelujah, the Lord is with us. Like, <laughs> protect us, you know. So that was a big question to, for the Lord to say, yes, you, will you go? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. It was a, it, you, it, like... For some, it's a different thing. I'm just trying to be as practical as I can. It was a hard thing for me to say yes to that. 
A half hour later, I got a, friend, a text from a friend. He said, hey, Gary, I believe Asia is going to go open up to your ministry. What he didn't know is that next year I'd scheduled six trips to Asia. And uh, I, I love, I mean, the, I, now I travel to Asia eight months a year if I can. I love Asia. Asia I, if I see an Asian, I say they're my people because they truly are. I love the Asian community, the Asian people. They're just amazing, amazing people. But they have really weird food. <laughs> I mean, it's chicken's feet, stinky tofu. Uh, I mean, we just had horse the other day. Uh, I mean, bugs. And, and, uh, and so I'm eating stuff now that when my sister sees my post, she goes, who are you? I don't even know who you are. <laughs> well, because I made a determination, Lord, I'm all in. I'm surrendered in this area. What's yours and what's God's? What are you keeping that you need to set before the Lord? Church, I don't know where you're at in your journey this morning, but God is always asking, bring something to the altar. Lay something on the altar. I can remember in my church, I was pastoring, I was uh, one of our young girls in our school, she was weeping one day. I mean, over at the corner, just sobbing, sobbing her eyes out. I said, her name is Sarah. I said, Sarah, what's going on? She goes, God's asking me to give up Connor. <laughs> Connor was this guy in the school. And, uh, and um, you know, so my, he was one of my, 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 my son's closest friends. And so we, they all like Connor. They all like Sarah, and Sarah liked Connor. And, and there's a whole group of them in our Christian school. And I remember her say, I saying to her, well, give him up. No, you don't understand. <laughs> and she was just sobbing. I said, Sarah, you got to give him up. If God's saying it, just trust him. God will figure it all out. And, and with anguish of tears for this young teenage girl, I give him up. But she was just sobbing. I remember it so clearly. You know, they're married today. <laughs> they have two kids. I mean, God's just using them. They just have an amazing uh, family. But that was a moment in her life where she had to surrender it. I mean, she literally surrendered him. It was obvious, no relationship, nothing. They didn't spend any time together. And then, you know, four or five years later, boom, it awakens and there's a yes. So what is it that God is asking you to surrender? You know, offering will always mean something that you surrender that is of value. And so God is asking us to surrender this morning to whatever he would ask of us. I, it's not for me to point, point those things out, but I know that in my life, if I'm going to give God my best, if I'm going to say yes to God's best, I've, I've had to surrender something of value, something of significance. The second thing that Paul says, he says, and I'm going to phrase it this way, let your thoughts be shifted to influencing rather than being influenced. In other words, uh, don't become, listen, don't become so well-adjusted to the culture that you fit into it without even thinking. There's a, a man by the name of J.B. Phillips. He wrote a version of the Bible interpretation. This is what he said about verse 2. He said, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, 
but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice the plan of God for your, you is good, meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Folks, there's a cultural battle going on for our faith. There's a, there's a press in the culture to con- get us to conform to a certain way of thinking, a certain way of believing. I just read a study where it said something like 40, it's uh, less than 50%. So it's like 48, maybe even 47% of born-again believers do not have a Christian worldview. I mean, they go to church, but they don't have a Christian worldview. They have a worldview that allows them to accept all the things that the world is pushing at them. And so we have to stand, and we, if we're going to give God our best, we've got to not be influenced by the world, but to influence the world. Come on, can I hear an amen? Like, what is it? See, the world doesn't want you and I to be different. The world wants to squeeze us into its mold. The word uh, don't be so well adjusted means this. To be successfully altered or moved so as to achieve a desired fit, appearance, or result. The world wants you to think a certain way on every issue. I, I, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the issues. There's enough issues out there. You could hear them. The world wants you to think a certain way about that issue. But my question to you is, what is God's way? How does God want you to think? How does God want you to live? How does God want you to act? How does God want you to believe? That's what Paul's saying. He says, don't be so much conformed to the world, but be transformed. Come on, say transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't. Listen, this is just the truth. You can't be watching Netflix 6, 8, 10, 15, 20 hours a week and reading your Bible only 30 seconds a day and be transformed in your mind. You, you just can't. It's not going to happen. Smile at me. You see, the world doesn't want you to be different. There's an incredible squeeze taking place to try to get us into a mold and to silence the demonstration of God's word and power in your life. Don't let culture, church, listen, don't let culture intoxicate or mold you with its pleasures. With, your, with its pleasures. You know, I have an opportunity at this stage of my life where I sit with uh, some of the poorest people in the world and some of the richest people in the world. I mean, talking billionaires. And, 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 and all of them are, to, to varying degrees, born-again believers. And I've watched some of the most, the richest men that I've ever known be on fire for God. I mean, be committed to mission, be committed to seeing the kingdom of God advanced than I've ever seen. And then I've seen some people who have nothing be committed and on fire for the kingdom of God. They're not letting their circumstance, their situation mold them. They are being molded by the power of God's word and his spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine. We're not going to talk about that because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you say be filled with the Holy Spirit? 
Now, now the Greek in the Greek, the, ta- the syntax of the Greek means be being filled. Would you say be being filled? In other words, it's a continuous filling. In other words, Paul's saying, hey, don't just be filled once. You've got to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got, you're going to be intoxicated by something, Paul says. You're going to have wine or you're going to be, have the Spirit. So be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit be so full in your life that there is no room for the thoughts of the world. That you cannot get intoxicated by what the world has to offer. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a trap of the enemy to get us to think the way the, way, the way the world thinks. And so my challenge to you is let God transform your thinking today. God wants to continuously fill us so full that there are no empty places in our vessel. I'm not saying I've arrived there. This is my challenge too. Every day, I was just saying to my wife last night, you know what? I, we had a men's meeting and the speaker spoke a great word and I was challenged by that. I came home and said, I, I've got to do some things in this area. And it's a challenge to me to, to give that over to the Holy Spirit, to, to surrender it, to determine and purpose in your heart that you'll be different, that you will stand for what is right. Now, I'm going to, how do I say this? Um, occasionally, I like a chick flick. <laughs> I, have to, I have to preface this, okay? Because I like action movies more than chick flicks. But every once in a while, I like a chick flick. So wh- one of my favorite chick flicks is this uh, story called What a Girl Wants. Does anybody know what that is, What a Girl Wants? You know that? Okay, so the idea is this young girl, her mother, you know, has a, 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 a kind of a weird marriage with a, a royal person, and she moves to, back to U.S., and she has the daughter. And the daughter's this crazy American girl who has this dream in her heart to dance with her father. And so she decides she's going to go meet her father. Does, anybody seen this movie? Okay, good. So anyways, the, the story goes is that she's this crazy American in this proper British, you know, suits and dresses and all this kind of stuff. And, and she wreaks havoc on, on the father's campaign. He's, he's, I think, going to be the prime minister or something like that. I don't follow it all, right? So, you know, this one thought stands out to me. So anyways, um, eventually the father says, you got to change. you got to conform to the British way. And so the girl takes out her earrings and, you know, covers her tattoos and she throws her jeans out and, and uh, now she's got these prim and proper outfits and she's standing there meeting the queen and, she's, and one of the little dogs likes her and she's like, no, get away. And, and, but she has this boyfriend. And uh, one day they go out together and the boyfriend, sa- he says this. This is his, the line. He says, why are you trying to fit in when you were born to stand out? I love that line because I think that's the line, what Paul is really trying to say here is, look it, everyone is required to offer something. You're going to offer it to either God or you're going to offer it to the world. But if you'll let... The Spirit of God come and transform your thinking. Don't be so eager to fit in because you were born to stand out. Now, I'll finish by saying this. 
What's going to make you stand out to those around you? Will you be different? The third thing I want you to see in this passage is that Paul says the way that we stand out, the way that we let God transform our thinking, the way that we, if we've truly offered ourselves, laid that thing at the altar before the Lord, and we're allowing him to renew our minds, he says this, focus your attention on God. Listen, instead fix your attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you. So we have to allow the work, the internal work of the Holy Spirit to have his way in our heart. That's where expansion comes from within. This church, we, we let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do in our life. In March 2017, I was in Singapore, and uh, this was the second time I'd been back to this church. They were the first church that invited me to Singapore. I had actually never met the pastor because he was in the States with his daughter. And so the second time I go back, I'm coming to worship, and he greets me, says, Gary, good to meet you. We'll talk after worship. I said, great. We have worship. He gets on the stage, and he says, hey, we've got Gary Hayes here today. And Gary, by the way, I've got a word for you. And uh, so he prophesies this word to me, and it's a good word. Um, and then at the end, he says, um, I, I see Kyrgyzstan. Now, in my mind, I said, Stan who? <laughs> like, is that a restaurant we're going to? Like, I, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, I, I, it was kind of foreign to me, Kyrgyzstan. I, I don't know if I was saying the name right, Kyrgyzstan. So I've learned to do exactly what I'm about to teach you. One, I was focusing my attention on God. I, it says, I readily recognize what he wants to do. Okay, I readily recognize Kyrgyzstan. In my spirit, I've learned to say yes, even if I don't, no, don't fully understand what it is. I'm going to align my thoughts with God's thoughts. Kyrgyzstan. Okay. Whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm saying the name right. That was March. In July... I'm in Mexico, so I'm in the other side of the world, and I'm doing a missions trip. I'm, in, I'm going to three churches. The first pastor I'm talking to, um, his name is Gabriel. He says, hey, you've done a lot of work in Asia. I said, I love Asia. They're my people. He goes, I've done some work in Asia, too. I go, where? He goes, Kyrgyzstan. I said, you're the door. I got this word about Kyrgyzstan. I know no one. I don't even know how to get there. He goes, well, let's take out our, our phones. And he connected me with this guy named Ivan, Ivan Kukov. And in, in, in his broken English, he goes, Pastor Giri, we want you to come to Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan. He says, Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan. So I said, okay, brother, listen, whatever we can do, praise God, hallelujah, we'll figure it out. That's 2017. March 2018, I'm back in Singapore, and I'm working with a group of business people. Some random dude. It'd be like me meeting Ben here this morning. Okay, I don't know who Ben is. Ben's driving me back. This guy's driving me back to where I stay in Singapore. And out of the blue, he looks at me and goes, hey, do you want to go to Kyrgyzstan? I said, pardon? He goes, yeah, I've been going the last 10 years. I go twice a year. This morning, God spoke to me to invite you to come and do a pastor's conference in Kyrgyzstan. Would you be willing to go? He said, if you can get to Singapore, I can get you the rest of the way. I said, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, didn't, I was so stunned. I was like, yeah, okay. I said, listen, I'm coming back in August, and let's sit down and have a coffee then, because I don't really know him. So I said, let's sit down and, and have a coffee. He goes, okay, I'll bring my pastor. So 
we, he brings his pastor, and we're sitting down in August, August 2018. And uh, I said, listen, I don't remember if I told you this, but I got a prophecy about Kyrgyzstan, and um, I met this guy named Ivan and, uh, in, in, um, in, in Kyrgyzstan. He goes, Gary, he said, Ivan's not a normal name in that region. He says, I know an Ivan, but he's in Kazakhstan. I said, well, my Ivan's in Kyrgyzstan. I pull out my picture of Ivan. He pulls out his picture of Ivan. It's the same guy. <laughs> then he says, Gary, Ivan is in Singapore right now. Tomorrow night he's coming to my house for dinner. you got to come to my house. So I said, well, I'm preaching somewhere, so let me ask if I can after preaching go. So that they did. And so I get over to his house, and I meet Ivan, his wife, and another pastor from Kyrgyzstan. And Ivan's a church planter. And he is over a movement of 50 churches. And uh, he's relocated back to Kazakhstan because that's where the main, the main church is. And he's over overseeing the whole work. And so that time now he speaks better English. He says, Pastor Gary, you come to Kazakhstan in Kazakhstan, yeah? I said, yes, sir. So we're planning on, in uh, October of uh, 2019 for me to go. Now, now, I Googled, how do I get from Toronto to Kazakhstan? Like, I, you know, that's kind of a crazy place to go, right? It's with all the, oh, by the way, it's with all the other stands. Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan, Blagistan. I don't know, all those stands, right? And so, crazy part of the world to be in. So I figure it's going to cost me $5,000 to go. Well, I don't have $5,000, but I know who does. So I said, you said it, you got to provide it. So if you're going to, if you want me to go, I said yes, you're going to have to provide it. So, December 2018, I'm in Israel, and I'm getting, I got connected to a Russian Messianic congregation. Just through a contact, he said, hey, you got to go to Israel. I didn't really want to go to Israel. I said, this is the only date I have. He goes, perfect, come for that. So me and a buddy went, and we took three days with this congregation, and then spent about four or five days roaming around Israel. So um, we get there. I'm telling this story to the 25 Russian Jews that just got saved because we're about to prophesy over them. And I always say sometimes when God speaks, it doesn't always make sense, but if you say yes, God will figure it all out. At the end of the service, the pastor who I just met comes up to me and goes, Giri, Ivan is our brother. We're part of the same network. I've known Ivan for 25 years. One word, in a matter of two years, God sovereignly connects all of the dots. I still need $5,000. So March 2019, I'm back in Singapore. I tell the Singaporeans everything happens in Singapore. But anyways, I'm in Singapore. I'm meeting with a friend. We're just having breakfast. He's a business guy. We've done some work in China and Japan together. He goes, Gary, you never ask for money. I said, that's not my style. He says, this morning... God spoke to me that I'm to sow into your Kyrgyzstan trip. And he had written me a check. Guess for how much? $5,000. Come on. In, in, in August of that year, I was in Indonesia. And I'm going to a pastor's conference. We're waiting to get on the bus. We get on the bus. I see this couple. I go, hi, my name's Gary. I'm from Canada. He goes, my name is Alexander. I'm from Kyrgyzstan. I go, do you know this guy? He goes, Ivan! <laughs> Ivan, 
goodness, my brother. So I was supposed to go in 2019, but I had a heart attack, so I couldn't go. Then we'd schedule in May of 2020 to go, but we couldn't go because of the pandemic. But in the summer of 2020, now watch this. In the summer of 2020, I went to 23 new countries through this thing called Zoom. 23 new countries. Because when you say yes and you lay your life down, God, and you, you literally transform your thinking, God has a plan and a purpose that he is going to fulfill. And so this past week, I got home on Monday. I was in the nation of Kazakhstan with Ivan, the church planter. And we ministered and saw many, many, many people, hundreds of people touched by the presence and the power of God. God is a faithful God. Amen? Paul says this. Look at He says this. Recognize readily what God wants to do. This is the key to a transformed mind. Is when God's nudging you and speaking you and talking to you and he's, he's putting his hand on you. You've got to readily recognize what he wants. You've got to shift your thinking out of your old way of thinking. Well, no, but this, this is what I believe. No, no, no. God's saying, I want to change your belief system. I want to change the way you think of that. And then he says, quickly respond to it. Come on, say quickly respond to it. Immediate obedience is always better than delayed obedience. Immediate obedience is always better than delayed obedience. Come on, can I hear an amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? There's more we could say. They never gave me a time limit, so I could go to 1 o'clock. But Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, Pastor Chad and Melissa and their team. I thank you, Father, that you're working in a mighty way in this region, in this area. But Lord, you call us to surrender. You call us to give what is rightfully yours. Lord, it may be ours in the moment, but you're asking us to surrender. So whatever that is, Lord, we just come to you today and we say yes to that. Lord, we want you to renew our minds and we want you to transform our thinking so that we would not be squeezed in by the culture, that we would not be conformed to the way the world thinks on every issue. But God, we would not be emotional in responding to every issue, but we would be people of your word people of your spirit, people of conviction that would stand for what is right in whatever circumstance, situation that we find ourselves in, that we would hold true to the word of the Lord, the word of scripture. I pray, Father, that you would stir us to do the right things, to quickly respond to what you would have us, uh, have us do in our lives. Lord, whatever you would be speaking, that we would respond to it with obedience and with a right heart in all things. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you this morning, as a church, Melissa asked earlier, but if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never invited, you're watching online, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, you've been coming for a couple of weeks, or maybe you've been coming for a few months, but you've never given your heart to Jesus, you'd say, hey, I need to surrender, first of all, my life, because that's the most valuable thing. I need to surrender. I need to give it to God. My life's a bit of a mess. I've got some issues. God wants to help you. If that's you here today, just quickly put up your hand. We do this all over the world, and we pray for people, and we see people give their heart to Jesus. So don't be afraid. If you're here, just quickly put up your hand. I just want to see it nice and high so I can see it. 
while I'm glad that everybody here is a believer or walking on that journey, um, what I'd like to ask then, how many would say that there's maybe something that the Lord might be speaking to you about today that you you need to surrender to the Lord? You need to give it to the Lord. Just put up your hand there. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. There's something that God is asking of you to give and to surrender. And it might be a difficult thing, might be a, a relationship thing, might be a, a habit, a, an attitude, a mindset, something that needs to be transformed in, in your thinking. God wants to do that. So, Father, for every hand that's raised, Lord, you know their heart and you know their condition. And so, God, as they lay that before you, we just surrender it, God. We just surrender it to you, knowing that you are faithful, that you are true, that you will be faithful to uh, bring that out of our lives and replace it with something greater. Lord, I just thank you for that surrender this morning. In Jesus' name. How many here would say, just one last thing, that there's maybe something in your thinking that God would want to renew or he'd want to transform, he'd want to change, that maybe there's something in the world that you're feeling a squeeze on, you're feeling pressure on to believe a certain way, but God's saying, hey, believe what I believe, read your word, let your, the word of God um, uh, begin to transform your thinking. If that's you, just put up your hand. I, I want to pray, sure, sure, there's lots of hands going up. Lord, we just pray for that. Lord, we submit our thinking to you. Your thoughts are higher. And God, they're not inaccessible, but they're higher. And we need to uh, approach your word. We need to approach your thinking with a, 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 a hunger to know and to be shifted into a new way of thinking. Lord, we don't want to be squeezed into the world. We don't want to be squeezed into the mindsets and the philosophies of this world and this generation that just, it's kind of an everything goes approach. There's fear, there's, there's uh, um, pressure, there's, there's all kinds of things that are taking place. And so, God, we ask that you would shape us by your word. Shape us by your word. And, Lord, let us be quick to respond, to recognize and respond to the word of the Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 